0: You have to be more consistent.
1: We get this question all the time.
0: Stop paying for the expensive masterminds. They don't work. No, 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 you're overcomplicating it. It's so much easier than that.
1: OK, here's exactly what to do
0: and how to do it. Hey, I'm Ryan. I'm Corey.
1: Welcome to the MCO Advisors podcast. In this episode, we chat with John Baranoskis, the owner of a a year-and-a-half-old RIA, Sweet Gum Labs, about his thoughts, struggles, and successes on marketing so far.
0: Hey guys, uh, welcome to another episode of the Advisor to Advisor podcast. Uh, Today we have guest John Baranoskis. He is the founder of Sweet Gum Labs, which is a registered investment advisor in Yardley, Pennsylvania. Uh, John, thanks for taking a few minutes to, to chat with us today. It's always a pleasure talking to you guys. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So as you know, from conversations we've had in the past and offline, there's uh, I have a little bit of a framework built out here and um, we can take this conversation wherever it goes. But the the goal here is to, um, you know, as always, be authentic and let's just uh, have a good chat. Um, All right. So, John, Ryan and I just launched a twenty five dollar a month marketing service. It's built for FAs. It's intended to provide consistent, real-time value, um, tips, things that'll help teach advisors um, how to be better marketers and and how to ultimately grow their brand and grow their business. Um, So I I kind of summarize it like this. It's um, what to do and how to do it. So as I kind of lay that out to you, um, how does that land with you as as a registered investment advisor, as a financial advisor? Sure, I mean, I think we might have had this conversation
2: on some level, just you know, personally, under text messages back and forth, and um, I think most advisors uh, are are just don't have the skill set that you know someone like you has because you just they're just not focused on that; they're in, into the weeds with their business, right? Um, so, I, I think I think what's really has stuck out with me is, I, for one, I think just trying new things is something that I. I think most people struggle with especially the older you get the harder it becomes and i, I think when um yeah, you mentioned like things like podcasts and and things like this and uh newsletters and all these different things we're doing uh it's things that i i just probably wouldn't have done on my own unless you kind of get nudged in that direction and this maybe it's just my personality type if i if i just don't happen to already have that momentum going it's hard for me to get started and once i get started Corey, you know that i'm just like let's go let's go let's go but it has to get to that point where you're you're kind of you're kind of driving there, so um, so yeah, yeah.
0: No, I, I appreciate that. And, and Ryan, you jump in at any point because um, as we talked offline, I have some of these questions teed up, and, and um, obviously, I can take a back seat and, and let you jump in um, as a follow up to your to your response there, John. Um, something that we've talked about, uh, and, and that Ryan and I have also talked about, is advisors <clears throat> pitched a, a shit ton of stuff all the time. Um, There's stuff in front of you guys, stuff that you're getting sold to from third parties, um, stuff that back offices are sending advisors on the regional level, on the independent level. Um, How does an RAA, how does someone like you, right, on your own, running your own business, um, and and then I present to you some $25 a month marketing service, how does that fit in? Like, how do you absorb that? Um, Let's pretend you don't know me. You don't know Ryan.
2: It, it's interesting because a lot of times they don't present you with cost. I think a lot, most of these services are usually just, this is, this is what I do and, and and let's have a conversation. Um, so I think the sticker shock wouldn't be a problem because it's 25 bucks a month. I mean, I, I spend that on, I don't even know, like on rice and beans in my household. <laughs> you know, it's, just, <laughs> yeah, it's a diaper. Yeah, you still that diaper for I have. Uh, yeah. So, so uh, long story short, you know, I, I think just putting it out there and being, in, and mm-hmm. being open and honest with it. I think that, that, That puts you a couple steps ahead of people who are unsure how they want to price it because they're not sure what what it involves but i think if you have a package and and it's delivered and it, it is what it is so to speak i think that that catches it in your eye and whether it worms into your brain or not it's hard to say what the mindset would be but um i think it's something like you said, with, with your marketing program you're doing for this, it, it, you know, if you keep on showing value over and over again, eventually it's going to set in. Like, hey, it's twenty
0: five bucks. Let's give it a shot for a quarter and see what happens, kind of thing. It's funny you say that because it's it's so true in so many different areas, and it's not just financial advisors or marketers or whatever. Just tell me how the fuck much this thing costs. Like, why are you guys hiding everything always? <laughs>
2: And, yeah. and that's something you told me to do, uh, Corey, when we first we, we worked on our website, website together. You're like, just put it out there, man. Just say it, and people can let people decide whether they think it's affordable or not. And instead of having this, yeah. like, oh, you know, it's uh, it's just between this and this, it's, you know, <laughs> I, I think, you know, it's just, I mean, there's still an element of that involved. I had to size people up, make sure I'm not going, you know, over my head on something that, of course. You know, but, but like for something like you guys are presenting a widget, I think that's a different, different kind of concept, so to speak, if that, if that helps.
1: I think people also say that price doesn't matter, but uh, people also want to know, you know, the value will be provided once they know the price and can match the value to it. But they still want to know. So if they're looking at your website and what you provide, I think something that you're doing great on your website is to show the prices because they just want to know. I think most people don't even know how advisors get paid. They don't even know where the money's coming from and what direction is something that has been my even my personal experience. So just to show it up front. You know, it, it gives people the power or the confidence to make that decision. Because I think when you're talking to somebody, you know, the, the thing you're waiting for the shoe to drop, you know, there's a call somewhere. There has to be. There's a way we got to make money. You're just wondering what direction that's coming from is how does it affect me. So, so when we say front, price,
0: John's yeah. talking, Ryan, Ryan and John are talking the, <laughs> the, um, the, the cost of a financial plan, right? That's where we're, that's where you guys are talking about. Or even
2: investment advice, right? The actual fees in, in general. Yeah, yeah, fees in general. Yeah. yeah.
0: Okay. Okay. Um, the, the other question I have for you, John, is we hear all the time um, that FAs have their challenges, right? So while I have you live, while we have you live, what's your greatest challenge at the moment to bring in new clients? Yeah, I mean, I think there's, um,
2: like, we, we, we've had this conversation somewhat before about you can never tell what you're you can never tell what direction you have gone in if you haven't if you don't go down that road. So it's kind of like it's the unknowns that you're never going to know about, and um, it's 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 a, trying to focus on what to what to focus on, right? Because I could I could pick up a phone book and dial ten thousand people and maybe get one client out of it, right? And that that person would never would have been picked up in my marketing campaign, likely, right? So um, it's it's struggling about where to allocate, but that's inefficient uses uses of my time and it's annoying annoying the crap out of people, right? So. I think it's about trying to pick and choose which, which for me anyway, from a new client perspective, um, above and beyond the referral side, it's what marketing program do I implement? Is it, is it, you know, is it LinkedIn conversations? Is it, um, you know, like a lead service? Is it a podcast? Is it, you know, all these different Facebook, all these different things are out there. I think that's, that's, that's probably my biggest struggle right now is trying to figure out where to focus my time at.
0: Of the things that you're focusing on. Um, What's working?
2: So I, I, I just recently said I, I just up shoot, shoot, shooting a podcast uh, again, um, and when I did them in the spring, I, I felt like it just it, it, it created this um, it, maybe maybe it was just charging me internally, and, it, and maybe it wasn't really anything else going on, but I felt like I, I, I received a client unexpectedly from from that directly from one of the guests who just said like, oh, I'll just bring my asses over with you, and I'm like, oh, okay, that's cool, you know. Um, and it wasn't really expected, but it, it happened. And um from a perspective of uh you know, just just the the mojo, I guess, right? And like you are you're, you're putting your your content you're putting out there, you're clipping it out, you know, two, three minute clips. And it's just it just it's just according it to you're saying, always do more, right? Just it's just more. It lets you it lets you do more quickly versus trying to come up with, you know, new new things constantly, which is hard. It is hard.
0: The podcast thing is so interesting. Uh-huh. And, and I think that FAs need to, I don't think any FAs are doing it. I, I think there's a small minority of FAs that actually have their own show and are doing it in such a way to have authentic conversations, right? Like the conversation that you shared with me this morning with Dana, um, that was an authentic, heartfelt, um, no guard up, no sales conversation. And that's that's real. And the reason that your podcast has led to a client and will continue to lead to clients is because you're having hour long, heartfelt conversations with people, you're being pretty honest and getting to know people. And it's not under the guise of john's about to sell me something. It's under the guise of john cares about asking me these questions and the answers I'm providing him. And um, that's kind of the nuance behind the podcasting. It's it's almost I, I don't like saying this. It's almost like a reverse psychology sale in a way and um i know that's not why we do podcasts and you do podcasts and ryan you do podcasts that's not the reason but it is it's a it's a result of those conversations ultimately if someone doesn't have an advisor and they're having a really nice intimate conversation with an advisor and they need an advisor it's probably a pretty good idea that they talk
2: yeah yeah that, that just to piggyback off of that um and, and Ryan, i'm sorry we're not letting you talk too much i apologize here i'm just <laughs> usurping this but <laughs> no no every, every <laughs> you guys are saying everything <laughs> everything right so i, I completely agree we're, we've been doing this together for a year and a half or two i guess two and a half years we count our old days at, at the old firm but uh yeah yeah i i from a perspective of it, it was a really good conversation and all of a sudden like I got done that podcast yesterday Corey, and I thought to myself like I need to be a better interviewer like I, like I'm like I'm getting interested in being like Hugh Downs now <laughs> which is something I never expected in my life. It's awesome. Yeah, but it, it's 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 a different it's different mindset and at that point um, It's fun. Yeah, it is. It is especially if you create it in a way that you want it to if you If you allow it to be fun, if you if you create like uh, the annuity show with John Barnowski or something like that, people be like,
0: like no, no, yeah, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) right, it's it's not. Yeah. You know, when I created the podcast that I created, uh, I bet that's a your ago, show, by the way. I guarantee that. I'm that's sure that's a here. show. I'm sure it is. <laughs> um, no <I'm> <laughs> <laughs> uh, When I created the podcast that I had for myself personally, I did it wrong originally. And I learned a lot of, along the way. I thought what I was doing was trying to get people on that I thought other people would be interested in. And what I needed to do was just get people on that I wanted to have a conversation with. And that was an unlock for me. And, uh, that just made having those conversations a lot of fun. And I think the conversation you had with Dana, you know, whether or not she becomes a client of Sweetgum Labs and yours, John, um, is not the end game. It's that you've met a really good person out of it and that she may have an aunt, an uncle, a cousin, a mom who does need a financial advisor and is asking um, you know, this Thanksgiving about it. And she made a connection with you and now that leads to something else. And um, I love the idea of the podcasting for financial advisors.
2: I never even mentioned a pitch. Like there was nothing. There was zero. Of course you didn't. Like I I didn't even think of it. It was just. It was just. You know. But she has my email address now. So I mean, like you know, like you said, if it comes up, it comes up. If it doesn't, you know, it's whatever. People. I feel like people want she she like whoever
1: wants to buy like work with you has probably made that decision well before the podcast was not even over. Maybe it wasn't even one question. Maybe it was a feeling that they got back and over. You know what I mean? And then you think like, all right, here I'm going to close the deal. But like to me, the connection that you make, and that the reason I love the podcast is when you have that personal connection. That is the sale. You know, you either want to work with me or you don't. I don't have to tell you. By the way, you can work with me and call me at this number. People are going to find you. People can send you an email. You know, um, and people know who you are. So I think it's I think it's the best personal way and the most fun way to have that connection and to make that to make that connection.
0: Well, and uh, adding to that, your guest hangs up and gets off the, the interview and thinks to themselves. Boy, he didn't even ask for my business. Like, that's a big deal. Um, you know, someone to keep in the back of their mind. You're not sleazy. You're not in it for you. You're in it for the greater conversation.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, I mean, and just for that one unique situation. I mean, I, I end up having uh, a prospect that I've been talking to that's in the same business as she is, and this this woman was in Shark Tank and ha- could help her with different things. So now, like, they're connecting, and it's just creating its own like neuro network and, and not that I want to be in the center of its scenario. You know, like, oh, it's me, you know, like, the, like, the, like, the, like the X-Men kind of thing. But it's uh, um, <laughs> but, but at the same time, it's, you know, like, hey, I'm providing value. That has nothing to do with my business. I'm just I'm just trying to try to be that good person that I am. You know? Here's
0: a question for both of you guys that um, I think a lot of advisors struggle with. And you guys may have struggled with it in the past or are struggling with it now. Um, and I struggle with it personally, not on the financial advisor side, but just in real life because I, I like to execute quickly on things. How do you deal with the patience that is required in your business and in the B2C, you know, slow-moving money game? How do you deal with the patience that is required on that?
1: You want me to Ryan go it, John? You got right. Go for it. <laughs> um, uh. I was nat I've always been a natural saver and always been good at using small amounts of money to succeed. So I never bought anything I didn't need. I keep like the both my, of you, I swear what
0: <laughs> he's going to say the same thing. Oh,
1: he's, he's <laughs> um, street, Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, basically like I no, I have all my same clothes. Like I don't need fancy cars. I don't look, you know, we were just talking about the, the steering, the hand on the steering wheel, showing the watch, like to get ads. You know, it's, I think that works with a lot of people but that never worked with me. I was never like that. So for me, it was like, I knew that the, the, how fruitful it could be if you just went like, hold on. And I also know the value of working with the right person. I know how bad it sucks to work with the wrong person. Um, so when you start calculating all that stuff, the patience becomes a little bit easier. I think you just have to believe in what you're doing and believe in what you're selling and your own thought process, your own business. And if you can do that, then you at least feel good about yourself each day when you're trying. If, if you don't believe in yourself, then trying feels like nothing but pain. And I think it makes it almost impossible. And why so many people exit the business within the first
2: five years.
0: Yeah, that's interesting.
2: Yeah, I was just thinking about that pain thing. So um, I think the pain part is inevitable to a certain extent too. I think it. I think you have to uh, you have to sort of embrace the pain and 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 know that's part of the process, right? I mean, I'm not trying to get too deep here in this conversation, but uh, I think that there, you know, it, it's it's especially draw my own sandbox. I mean, I wasn't even like one of those like old fashioned like Mass Mutual. I don't want to use a company's name, but like I wasn't just like, oh, you guys to do great, just at the phones and things are going to happen, all the other stuff. It's it was it's um it, it you know especially just being i'm just by myself and it, it Corey was on my slack and that's pretty much that's my that's my company right there right that's pretty much it and it's not it, it doesn't feed off each other the way it would you know if i had a, a, an office of 10 other people in the same shoes as I, I am so there was times where you're kind of like like what am i doing here you know cuz i you're trying to replace a salary you're trying to um, maintain a lifestyle you're trying to keep the lights on and i think just getting through that pain and and then you get then you you just it's, it's just like it's like visualize like walking out and then it's it's freezing cold you've been it's been and the next day you wake up and it's 75 degrees and, and tropical you know and it's yeah. just like what just happened like you don't even know yeah. what happened and then okay. i i can't i can't tell you where i mean we're still a year and a half in so i can't tell you where we'll be when it's like you know well we're just you know we're partying and everything it's a fun time but you know at the same time it's just it's just nice to see that that slightest shift and momentum in your favor
1: yeah and i don't want to make it sound like if you love your job you never work a day in your life kind of thing like obviously it really sucks especially for the first couple years and we were talking about this john before is like you just don't pop right away it's not in the first couple years where uh, you know, you come in and you're just bringing in millions of dollars, unless you have somebody facilitating those leads that otherwise, or you have a rich family or rich people that you. I've I've actually met those people who are just live in that world. They step to become an advisor and they just moved over like like millions of dollars. But besides those very specific points, um, the pain is absolutely necessary and it happens to everybody. And you got to think, especially if you're in that office with a bunch of other people, you're all feeling the same pain and. At, at, at some point, I almost feel like it's who can accept that the longest is who's gonna win. It's almost like who sticks around rather than who's better. Um, it's like who can tolerate this and, and earn the business rather than uh, somebody who can't take it anymore, is tired of the, the, the small amount of money, paycheck to paycheck and just just leaves for a salary.
2: Yeah.
0: What, John, is the hardest thing to execute on from a marketing perspective? At the moment,
2: I think it's expertise, right? I mean, I I mean, I you know, um, there's there's a a fine line between uh, you know, and and Corey, you know, we're we're having an authentic conversation. So I'm using you for our marketing program, and but there's some things that I can do that I think it's not as good as you could do, but at least it's workable, right? Mm -hmm. So I have a hard time of trying to figure out what I can do or can't do sometimes. And, um, and I think it's just, it, it's like you just dive in and do it and and then try to let the cards fall where they may. And then you can always go to you at some point and say, Hey, I messed up, help me out kind of thing. But that's my perspective. I think it's just about uh, just trying to figure out how far into the weeds of marketing do you get? And, and where do you sort of delegate that over?
0: What do you think about that, Ryan? Where do you draw the line on, uh, kind of being your own self-sufficient marketer versus having realizing where your limitations are and then paying a third party to jump in and help you or hiring someone to help you? I think
1: with so much information, you're always wondering something. But I think especially for me and when I talk to other advisors, it's like where to spend your time. And once you get there, what do you say? So I think for me especially, I've been trying to figure out how to tailor my language to speak to a specific group. And I think that's one of the, something that people figure out with time, But something that was hard for me. So when I'm executing, I feel like I'm actually comfortable on what platforms to spend time on, what age groups are there, but I have trouble in using the correct context or the text or the right message to reach out to them, I think to. To, to resonate them or start that relationship um, if we're talking about not just waiting for branding to take place.
0: Well, just kind of, I'm going to be a little bit more specific to John's point, uh, what he was saying. So let's say both of you guys kind of have a message and, 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 and know, you know, relatively what to say, how to say it and where to say it. Um, to add value to that for anyone listening, let's say that your brand looks like shit. Your website needs work. You do need help with, um, you know, advertising and imagery or, um, you know, a newsletter, uh, things of that nature that are actual tangible marketing uh, activities that actually have to get done. How much of that as an advisor do you say, I can self-teach myself some of this or what I put out is fine? You know, we all know we see a brand that you can tell that there was no one with an expertise on it. It was kind of a homemade job. Um, You know, it's kind of the way the guy who i bought this house from he did everything half-assed right i can tell that the contractor wasn't brought in he did it on saturday um mm-hmm. how much of the is do it yourself versus where do you draw the line that I, I need to bring in some some help on the marketing side
2: it depends on the person i think i mean i i the the uh, article i just shared with you the other day Corey, was about um, you know comparative advantage right and i think uh um, the, the, conversation was, you know, how many, how many people want to get an operation done by the doctor that moonlights, you know, knitting scrubs at night, you know, and, and sharpening, sharp, scrap, you know, sharpening the knives they cut you open with. So, um, I think the, the long story short is it really depends on the personality, but I think there's like, if, if you were to take me into your world and drop me in and say, dig yourself out, uh, I, I'm, um, I think I could do it eventually, but it's, 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 it's everything else shuts down and you just don't have time for it in, in, in business. Yeah, I think that I think it I, I agree. It
1: has to come down to the person. For me personally, I don't feel I feel creative in certain avenues, but I know where I'm not like making a website aesthetically pleasing makes me nervous, even with drag and drop and things like that. So maybe that's something where it comes down to a canned answer like self-awareness to figure out what you can do and what you can't do, because even though I said the thing about the answers, I'm much more comfortable jumping on social media and typing my thoughts than I am sitting there making a video or making a graphic on photoshop that i think adds value to something that takes me hours you know whereas those posts take me little bits of time so i spend my time also doing what i'm best at and that's where i would that's where i would third party delegate anything that i'm pretty afraid of
0: you guys have um, piqued my interest just on this question i'm going to dig in a little bit i i don't have this prepared as a question but i want to ask you um as an advisor, if you could afford a sixty thousand dollar a year person to be your full time marketer, um, you know they're not, you know, see, super senior level, but they could do everything professionally that needs to be done for your business. Like, at what level do you consider that um, as something that's not only important but a necessity to continuing your growth and, and, and furthering grow, growing your brand further? For me i think it's right away i think like day one i would do it right
2: now um but if you're talking to the lifestyle guy it's probably less important to they want the income at that point so it's just yeah. You know, for me right now i guess to make it short and sweet same brian
1: as, as soon as you can afford it if you're doing everything yourself you make the best website you can you make the best whatever you can you do the best you can and as soon as you can afford it you claw your way to get to somebody who's better that's what, so exactly what i would say same as, as john is right away whatever right away means for you
0: yeah i guess i mean those are both the answers that are most appropriate i I, this isn't any sort of a self-promotion at all it's honest to god in talking with you john i think about all of the content that you that comes out of your mouth that comes out of your head that that you want to create but you can't because you just have a roadblock of the marketing skill and the time and, and all the things that go into it um i think it's probably one of the greatest um just anchors to advisors getting jumping out of the gate i I honestly do um i think awareness through marketing is such an opportunity but it's expensive and and i don't think people want to take that leap you have
2: a you have a weird dichotomy i guess like so i was a 24 year old guy at morgan stanley once and i didn't even realize that my biggest weakness was marketing at the time Right, I thought I could just be bullheaded and pound the phones and do the old things that the old guys told me to do, and it would work. And I didn't realize that I have, I didn't. I mean, I had two classes of marketing in college, and I I don't remember anything about it. I, just, I remember the guy smiling all the time because he was like a sales guy, and he said like, "It's real nice," like the, like the sales guy smile kind of thing. Like, <laughs> all right, but other than that, I can't I can't remember a, a darn thing about it. Uh, so, long story short, it it took a it took a, a beaten to to even aware be aware that you know what what went wrong here I said, okay it's the marketing that was the problem what did i do so that's it's a lesson that you only learn when you when you kind of come to that i think i think every advisor has a capacity to handle a certain amount of
1: work especially when you're actually trying to work with people you're doing financial plans your asset management whatever you do so when you're actually doing your you know you're, you're doing enough marketing to get to your job but the marketing has to continue so eventually everybody is going to max out you can work 15 hours a day, but eventually everybody maxes out. And that's when I think people plateau. So I think what marketing does and handing that off, it allows you to continue the train moving while you're continuing to actually do your job. So the idea of giving somebody else you know, the reins to take over your marketing is because you want to get to the point where you can scale your business and be able to actually handle you know, 150 relationships, whatever it may be. And I don't know anybody who can handle 150 relationships and also spend 20 hours a week marketing unless you're, you know, unless you're not spending any time with your family. So people should, um, that's when I think people should hand it off too, in terms of a, a scaling option and realizing what you're capable of. How many videos are you putting out? How well is it working? And, you know, eventually I think there's always that scary shift of if I hand my marketing off and it moves faster, of course, I'm going to be going down because I'm paying somebody. But will I gain and, and grow from there? So it's just a, it's a confidence thing. And you really have to believe in it. You have to believe in marketing and, and branding and social media and all that stuff.
0: Yeah, it's a risk for sure. Um, but I just don't know how you break out of the kind of the the, the it's a numbers game. And you have to be, be get ahead of, of, of or, or be top of mind to, to the audience out there. Um, John, if I asked you to stand on stage in front of, you know, 400 advisors right now that were, you know, 30 to 40 years old, all kind of in the first and second inning of building their business. Um, And the question was, what do advisors need to do a better job at um, when marketing their business? How would you answer that?
2: I think it's uh the macro planning. I, I think there's um, I, I think a lot of them their their answer would be I'm getting referrals and that's my marketing. You know, that's that's the that's the, the six inning uh, sort of plan for a lot of people just to get referrals and move it from there. So I think the one thing would be um, plan in the macro and then execute in the little things as as you have time and as you delegate to other people. So
0: plan in the macro kind of like help me walk away with something tangible from this yeah so i'm so, in the audience and and john Baranoskis, you know sweet labs 200 million or 2 billion under management right um john what what do we need to do a better job at in, in growing our business right now we're just kind of we're stuck
2: i'm going to drive you nuts here Corey. i'm going to i'm going to pull out the 180 day plan that you gave me last year <laughs> <laughs>
0: Right, and go down a
2: list. It's a running gag, Ryan, but uh, but it goes down a list of like <laughs> I, I want to do a podcast. I want to do a newsletter. I want to I want to do that. So you have to just you know what you what I'm do you want to You do? wrote that plan, John. No, no, so I poor. wrote it. And he, oh, you he, came up with yeah, the plan. Yeah.
0: Framed the thing in concrete and like <laughs> it won't die. <laughs>
1: Twelve feet into the ground. I didn't know. I didn't know Corey. I didn't know Corey believed in planning. <laughs> well, I didn't. I was, I <laughs> now, really don't. Now, you, now you don't. That's right. It broke you. I get it. No, I never <laughs> had. Yeah. It.
2: yeah. Oh goodness. But yeah. I mean, that's that's it, uh, Corey. It's like the, if you if you find you know a handful of things that you want to do, you can't execute on all of them once because you just don't have the capacity to do it. So just slowly get the momentum with the first thing, and then the second, and so forth, and then you know I think that's that's the key. I, I believe.
0: Ryan, you got the same stage. How are you answering that question? So, I
1: think somebody especially is being younger and looking so young. I think it's really hard, but I think people need to do a good job of acting hey. their age. <laughs> well, I look like I'm 18, like, you know, at least okay. I, I just think most people are most people are like, you know, are you, are you 20 or something like that. So, I guess thinking like that, I I started to get into Acting my age, I think one of the things people try to do is fake it till you make it. Um, I think that's one of the things that people can read right away or hear right away. Or if they don't, they're gonna see you or figure you out eventually. So when somebody posts something on LinkedIn that I think is a little bit ahead of themselves, you know, I'll look to see an advisor who has been an advisor for nine months and they're talking about wide rollover a four hundred one k. You know, I think about doing jujitsu for nine months. Um, I think about starting a landscaping company for nine months i think about just going on photoshop for nine months and still not understanding a lot of the basics of it so you know we have to understand that when you're starting this game making money is hard because you're convincing people to hand you over their money and your experience is very limited so i think you need to be smart about where you start or who you talk to and how you collect your money because acting your age is going to be one of the most important things and what you'll what you'll find, I think, is if you're if you're open and honest, you don't have to make yourself sound stupid and be constantly degrading yourself. But um, without faking it till you make it, people will respect you, and I think you'll end up getting getting the same money you would have gotten anyway if you don't act like somebody who knows everything.
0: Good, um, John. One of the things you and I have talked about in the past is a challenge that you're, you know, you you've embarked on over the last. 12 to 18 months. Um, and I commend you for it, but I don't think it's the path that's kind of the most traveled for for advisors. And Ryan, your path is a little bit more consistent with the path that most advisors uh, go down. So I'd, I'd be interested to hear a little bit about this. And what I'm getting at is, John, you left the corporate world to start a registered investment advisor on your own. And that means you don't have any back office support. You don't have any help. Um, you don't have any you kind of come in and there's no AUM. It has to be built from the ground up. There's no shop. There's no brand. There's no anything. It's all on you. Ryan, you come from the world of working with uh, an advisor who was already established. There was some AUM that did pay the bills to keep the lights on. And and there was a logo and there was a brand built. And there was um, kind of the the framework in place for you to to start building your business. So... Advisors on either side of that, it's probably le- much less common that someone starts out as an RA. It's much more common that someone starts out with a regional or an independent or a firm um, because there's some support there and you're not kind of on your own. Um, I'd like to know a little bit based on both of your experiences, would you have gone the other direction and which direction and, 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 and why? Like, So, John, I assume let's start with you um, if we could rewind time, would you have continued the path that you're on? What would you tell someone who says to you that they want to be an investment advisor and they're not sure which direction to go? Like, can you speak to that a little bit?
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I, um, I interviewed a few, um, a few firms to consider that in the beginning. Um, and I, I didn't think the juice was worth the squeeze for me because, um, I was down those roads before and I saw how to, uh, how to build it from, from scratch. Right. And I think once you have that blueprint sort of in your head to sort of go backwards and, and use use a crutch, so to speak, it didn't really, um, it didn't, it didn't make sense to me to go that way. I think in my mind, so I I don't, there's absolutely a benefit in some cases to do it that way, especially if you're in, um, like if you're doing like, you know, like, Corporate benefits for like four hundred one ks and things like that. It's just there's so much more connectivity there. But for the, the clientele that I wanted to serve, and I am serving, it makes it makes a lot more sense just to play in my own sandbox and be able to, to you know the 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 box right as easily as, as 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 free as possible. Just a one, one little like so like we were in a sunset deal at the previous company, Corey too. So that was that gave me the opportunity to to drink from the fire hose at that time too. So if I if I was to Abrupt, abruptly cut off at one point, I'm not sure if it w- would have worked out the way it, it did because it would have been, you know, at that point you then had to get going right away versus having four or six months of just sort of untangling the web of, of the, 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 what Ryan was talking about.
0: Yeah. And that's why so many or so few do what you did because it's, there, there's, there's no it's the foundation. Yeah. yeah. Give hard. me your guys' perspective. John, we'll start with you. On this, and I'm not going to keep you guys forever. We've been going for 35 minutes here, but give me your perspective on the state of financial advisors as a whole. Is it is it is the business healthy? Are the people healthy? Is it is it does does the financial advisor industry is it comprised of a good group of people at the moment? Are we in a better place than we've been? Where are we headed?
2: Yeah, um, that's a lot to sort of make a. There prediction. is it's a lot there. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I just,
0: I, I think it, transparency yeah. and, and the activity that advisors are are um, putting out like is this is the industry as a whole in a good place or is there room for it to improve?
2: I think the I, I think the big guys are have pigeonholed their guys, their their advisors in such a way that they. They are um, completely reliant on, on home office for everything, and that makes them more and more less entrepreneur uh and and more relying on the company and at some point that's going to come to a breaking point that's like a probably a 10-year prediction that there's going to be more and more going the ra route because of the upside that comes with it as far as the financial side um but as far as like the mental state i would say i think i, I think the idea of the robo taking over uh i i mean corey if i shared this with you i, I was doing this this uh, this group event like a month ago and the questions that are being asked to me by these highly educated people were, were so elementary that i mean like if, if they went onto the robo site they wouldn't even they, they wouldn't even be able to answer the questions correctly to even just get themselves in the right allocation for just the investment side so more, you know much less the estate and taxes and everything else that goes with it so do i think eventually the you know, robos will will be able to do what we do probably but i think there's 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 always that psychological standpoint that just needs to be massaged and maybe you need, you know, 5% of the advisors that you have now that, that will be the ones that are, you know, handling five times the number of clients because of automation. But um, I think that's still, uh, you know, ways away.
0: I mean, let's, let's say this, let's say again, we're at a picnic and I say that, you know, I, I, I want to be a financial advisor or I've been thinking about getting into the business. Like, are you laughing? Cause you're like, Holy shit, this guy has no idea that this is so hard. Or um, is it, you know what? What are you going to tell me about the state of the industry? Oh, this, uh, so,
1: um, I mean, it's a hard it's it's a hard job because you're almost you're almost an entrepreneur whether you want to be or not. I mean, the world is basically like either you're at a place where people are providing you leads and you have a job, which I don't know that many people like that or that many places like providing good valuable leads. You're either hammering phones, you're writing a list for yourself. Like that, the industry still to me feels very old. So that's why I suggest where people have to go to the right place and find somebody who's kind of up to par um, and using the new age of how to do business. Because I think a lot of people are still stuck in that old school mindset. I think a lot of advisors suck because of that. The entry level to our business is very simple. You know, a week to get your insurance license, three months to get your Series 7, and then you're like off to the races. So um, I think that it's uh, it, it's it's an easy it's so easy to enter. People should expect it to be hard to
0: stay in. I appreciate that. I, I, I don't know exactly where I was trying to get you guys to go with that question, but I I, I just wanted a 30,000 foot idea of, of where you thought the industry was and-, and um, Sure.
2: Just one one little to piggyback on there. Ryan, you're full of good stuff. Um, so I recently had a conversation with a, a government worker in the state of New Jersey and has a really healthy pension, they're 62. And they're they're going to get a pension in a couple of years, and they have really healthy pension. They have both their houses paid off. They haven't deferred comp. They have literally zero assets outside of of that. So from a traditional standpoint, from an advisor, that's an that's an ignored segment of the population right there. Uh, no one, you know, and uh, big guys are going to you know, there's no there's no AUM to have right there. Right. And I have I, I the conversation as well, if that, that doesn't work for us from a compensation standpoint, we can just charge you a flat fee and whatever that is, whether it's you know a couple thousand a year or five or whatever it is, depending on our relationship. I think that is the future for a, a lot of it. And of course, we spiked it up with you a year and a half ago. I think eventually that's going to take more and more precedence away from the AOM model because When people really understand what they're paying, you know, if they're paying, if you have $5 million and you're paying $60,000 a year for four conversations a year, the value, I mean, in in my mind, is hard to justify. and on that kind of compensation model, and I, I know that's dangerous. That's dangerous talk right there, but I, I, I strongly believe that
1: the model has to be built for the other person. The same way we always talk, Corey, about content for the other person. The business structure has to be built for the end user, and I think that's what's starting to happen. That's where we come up with these monthly subscription ideas for young people who don't have access to an advisor, because a lot of people are blowing their money on Robinhood and things like that. It's nice that they have access. But they're just clicking shit around. They look at a highlight, they look at a, a or um, a headline, and they just invest in a stock that they just saw because it just hit an IPO, which like ten stocks just did. Because you know, it's there, there's always going to be value for us. I feel like going to be there. So the robo visor. Um, I think it's, I think the robo advisor is making us realize that investments are kind of a commodity to a certain degree, the, right. the portfolios we put together and how we manage people is everybody is becoming a little bit more equal. So what's going to be different is going to be us, the value we provide, the relationship that we have and the, the filling in the dots and pieces in your plan. So if all you are is an AUM guy and you don't have a plan and you just want everybody's money, it's going to be really hard for you to succeed.
0: I think the other thing.
2: I was going to say, the other thing too, Corey. Not to not to keep it going here, but um, uh, the, the 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 going from a client perspective, you know, if you win that guy who can't do the AUM model, you know, and he's being ignored his whole life by the by the big wirehouses, he's gonna he's gonna be your best friend, you know. Like all of a sudden, he went from not under, not being able to understand because he had no one there to educate him to having. A go-to person, and that just changes the mind's like my mind, my psyche completely.
1: Yeah, and I you could get that. referrals from AUM. I mean, he could re, he could talk to somebody. You don't know where it's going to lead. I just think right. advisors like having AUM is awesome, but reaching for it is usually, I think, one of the downfalls. Is always people looking for the money. You know, you're sitting there like this, like, "Hey, how are you? Uh, let me see your statements," and then you're, you're you know you're scanning <laughs> yeah. through the numbers. I think a lot of people do that, and if you're in the business for that reason. Um, that's when I, that's kind of when I was saying that the pain is going to be the heaviest or the pain is going to be the worst. If you're just looking for the paycheck or you're just looking for AUM, um, that's going to be a lonely hunt because it's hard.
0: Yeah, I like that. Um, let's, uh, let's wrap up and, you know, we've talked, we've covered a lot here and I don't want to extend this too far beyond the 45 minute mark. Um, anything you guys want to bring up on a marketing related front, any questions, anything like that?
2: Um, kind of caught me off, guard, Corey. I'm sure. I'm sure I'll have something in ten minutes
0: <laughs> to get off the call.
2: But hey, no, let I, me go, I, let me go yeah,
1: first, and I'll let you yeah, think. Yeah. Okay. Here's my question. When I always say, like, let's say you have to reach out to somebody. So, how much detail or what are you putting in to make that personal connection? Like, let's give somebody some real value added. Of I, I, I know branding takes a year. So, what do I do within that year? You could cut lawns. You could do other stuff. But let's say you're let's say you're on LinkedIn. You're on Facebook. And you're reaching out to somebody, Corey, what do you say to somebody that leaves a feel good with them without ruining the relationship of being the same advice I've
0: given to John 100, 100 times. And I think he probably does a pretty good job at it. Um, And that's, you know, let's say there was an event that took place yesterday where the market was down 6 percent or something happened in the news or the upcoming election. It's just pinging them and saying. You know, hey, Ryan, just wanted to let you know, you know, I've had several clients ask about this. Um, here's some thoughts we had surrounding what took place yesterday. Um, include the link to the website or whatever. You know, we put some thoughts together on what happened yesterday. I hope it helps you. Um, and, and if you have any questions, let me know. It's just giving value instead of asking. That's yeah. it's, it's the simplest. Just turn it. That's all it is, Yeah. in my opinion. And, and I'm not. I don't write the book on this that's just what i've seen work
2: here's something i it to probably trigger some interesting thoughts from you um I, i've seen some some advisors put out some really good content um but they're also using like music and videos of of like you know like different movies and things like that that are mm-hmm. like trademark questions come up that kind of stuff what's what's your opinion on that <laughs>
0: I'm always a big one of kind of just saying sorry down the road. I mean, unless you're breaking the law uh, or doing something egregious, um, you know, we used, you know, you and I, let's use it as an example. We had a really successful post that incorporated Brad Pitt's picture. I'm sure Paramount, uh, whoever produced the movie Moneyball, could dig in and say, no, 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 no. But I, I would... Not hesitate just, just to Just take it down. Yeah, 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 I would not yeah, hesitate at all yeah. to create create the most engaging marketing you can without, you know when you're crossing the line and doing something wrong. If you're plagiarizing and stealing, you know, there's an advisor out there in, in St. Louis that has awesome content. You're copying, pasting, and creating your own white papers. Obviously, that's wrong. If you're yeah. incorporating movies and video and music that's copywritten, um, I say do it until the cows come home, until someone tells you to stop, as long as you know. <laughs> Look, well, look. We all know when we're no, we're no. It's doing just funny wrong. because
1: I look at John's brain as like as the advisor and probably thinking in terms of compliance, and then I think <laughs> about I think about you and and you're just like like in the wild west, uh, and so our, our our brains are completely different. But you're yeah uh, yeah you're right. No rules. I get it. No rules. <laughs> <laughs> no no no. <laughs> no no. Well, there are rules, but you're not. I know, you're, I'm just. I'm kidding. I know.
0: You're not making money on someone else's name and likeness. You're. I mean, until the point that you are, and and it becomes a problem, then they're going to yeah. shut you down, anyways.
2: Right. What well, was what was, was interesting and and to me, anyways, um, there there's another advisor to put out something about uh about the Cobra Kai series on Netflix, and I, I ended up watching it as like it was like a, like he, his his you know piracy almost resulted in an advertisement for the for the for the for this stupid show. And I and I end up watching it, so it, it's it's like what harm is that at that point? There's, there is no harm at that.
0: point. I'm curious as to like yeah. I'm going to have to rewire your brain now tonight yeah. at ten thirty as I'm having a glass of wine over text. What <laughs> on God's green earth are you hesitating about? You you actually think like the studio, if you talk about something, is going to be mad at you? No,
2: no, no, no. I just I, it, it's just um, it, it just it seems presumptive to do that in my mind. But that's that's just the way I'm wired, I guess. Like you said, so. Yeah, uh, no. no was,
1: nobody wants a letter or an email or even something right. that says like, "Hey, you're stealing from this." And then I guess if you got one letter, you'd be like, "Well, now I'm never touching YouTube again." So right. I guess it's <laughs> just the idea of copywriting and not wanting to break the law. But right,
0: yeah, uh, yeah. I, I mean, I would. I, I I go almost the opposite direction on that. I've had, <laughs> I think, almost every video I've put on YouTube from from my family, like stuff that we do, includes music that i can't put on there and it's all been muted so you watch the videos and there's no sound to them (laughs) Um,
1: but Um, yeah it's we're very we're very like we're very trained obviously to think compliance so when you're thinking about somebody growing their business the other side of of branding and marketing that's i think hard for advisors to get out from is that you've almost been taught like it used to be like if you like somebody's comment you're endorsing it and and that means it's bringing it back to you and now it feels like um like somebody's giving you a, what the hell is it called? A testimonial. So yeah. it's like you don't move and you stay still. And then that's why everybody starts sharing those third-party articles. Um, so I actually like what you say, Corey, in the terms of, I think everybody has to break out of the mold and try a little bit more. Cause there's definitely times when I'm like, am I going to put out an awesome post or am I going to call compliance and make sure it's okay? Like they're already watching me. I'll let them tell me to take it down. So I think well, compliance is always
0: going to say, no, you're never going to call compliance. If, if, if or they'll always adjust it. Yeah. 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 You're, yeah they're never going to, so if, yeah. if you're waffling, they're going to, Say no, oh, yeah. and yeah. this is a whole other podcast episode that we can talk about. But <laughs> yeah. uh, financial services <laughs> compliance is lazy. I'll tell them all; they're friggin' lazy. Um, they, they, it's easier for them to say no than it is to adapt to 2020 and and going into 2021. Like we live on here. Like, stop pretending that it's 1989 and like that it's. They're just lazy, um, yeah. John. You're not gonna break the law or or do anything by. Creating a really cool, fun video for people based on a Netflix series. Like, you're just going to get people's attention. And further, you're going to promote the Cobra Kai thing, anyways, and only help Paramount. So, yeah, that was an
1: awesome awesome video, by the way. That Cobra Kai video. Yeah. uh, Yeah. yeah. Are we name dropping on here? Does that matter if we do that?
0: I wouldn't, but that's up to you. I don't. Yeah. yeah. Uh,
1: I'll leave him off. (laughs) Um, If uh, if he's watching it, I guess it would mean he paid and we appreciate you, but you know who you are, I guess.
0: I'm sure (laughs) I I could guess. I don't think he'll be here,
1: though, because he does a good job on his own. Yeah. Um, Um,
0: Look, guys, don't let's 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 use that compliance thing for another time. But compliance and protecting your client assets and not promise, you know, being promissory and and saying things that get your clients in hot water is a way different situation than being creative, a creative marketer. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Good question, though. So. Um, all right. Well, that's all I got. Why don't you guys go enjoy the uh, rest of your afternoon? The kids will be uh, going crazy soon, and I'm sure my wife's could use a hand with uh, some diapers upstairs. <laughs>
1: all right, guys. Have a good day. Hopefully, hopefully, at least one of them's napping. See you guys. <laughs> yep. See you guys. Cheers. Thank you for listening. We hope that you find value in this show.
0: We hope that you find value in MCO Advisors.
1: You finding success through our $25 a month service means everything to us.
0: If you found value in this show, please leave us a rating.
1: Thank you all.
0: Talk soon.